What's up, everyone? Yes, it is I, your host, Natalie Morrison, and you might be thinking, wasn't this called Swim Masters? Well, yes, it was, and you're definitely in the right place. We decided that we wanted to give the podcast a bit of a makeover, and we're so proud to introduce to you Revoicing the Future, a Women of NAM podcast. Don't worry, it's still the same content, still the same hosts. We just wanted to take this to the next level. And we're excited that you're joining us on this fantastic journey. The episode that you're currently listening to was recorded before the name change. And I just wanted to let you know that you are in the right spot. So keep on listening. Be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for all new episodes of Revoicing the Future, a Women of NAM podcast coming soon. Welcome to Swim Masters, a podcast dedicated to help connect, grow, and support women in the music products industry. I am your host, Natalie Morrison. The Smart Women in Music Fund was established in 2018 by Robin Valenta, Dee Dee Hyde, and Crystal Morris to expand diversity, inclusion, and support for women in the music product space. Twice a month, I will sit down and host virtual conversations with various women across our industry to help foster mentorship and growth. Now, without further ado, Let's dive in. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Swim Masters. I'm your host, Natalie Morrison, alongside my sidekick, Stephanie Lamond. What's up? We are here today for a special bonus episode for Mother's Day. We want to celebrate all our moms in the music industry um, and would like to preface this that Natalie and I are two non-moms, as I just <laughs> and pointed, um, wanting to talk to you about Mother's Day and being a working mother. So we are going to let the actual working mothers talk for us. Um, and so in this episode, we're going to pull from a bunch of clips uh, from our previous episodes that we thought did a really good picture, painted a really good picture of um, all these mothers' experiences being moms and working and how they all intertwine. Exactly. And before we get started, it would be bad of us to not wish our own mothers a happy Mother's Day, (laughs) as they do listen to this every so often. (laughs) So Mama Morrison, Mama Lamond, we love you. Happy Mother's Day. Thanks for being awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All the love. We are grateful. Without further ado, let's get into it. All right. So, as Maria von Trapp likes to say, let's start at the very beginning. (laughs) You have sung it. You have sung it. (laughs) I love it. Fine. I'll do it. Let's start at the very beginning. (gasps) Please, Julie Andrews, do not come for me. (laughs) (laughs) I bet she'd be honored. But in all... I I mean, I'm honored to be in her presence (laughs) if I could ever have the opportunity. Anyway... In all seriousness, our first guest on Swim Masters was the one and only Dee Dee Hyde, who works for Hyde Music. And a big takeaway from her episode was that some days you're a good mom and not a good wife and vice versa, but you you don't have to do everything perfectly. It's totally okay to not be the perfect mom or the perfect wife. So I think 
she's the best person to kick this off and totally yeah and i i just love that and that's she she quotes a piece of advice that she was given and it's that just um without spoiling it it's it's just all about like don't you yeah not every bit of your life can be perfect every day and just make sure you're not being a bad something for too many days in a row which is such like a kind way to um you know whether you're trying to be a good mom a good wife a good a good worker like it all it, it all can't be perfect at once and that is awesome yeah that's totally cool no nobody has enough hours in the day to be a perfect mom wife partner mother aunt friend human being individual so yeah i love this we should all like you know write this on a sticky note and put it on our computers yes 100 percent. so take it away dd you know, I think the past not written yet, right? Like I also look forward to what are the next chapters in front of me. One thing that I, I reflect on often, and it was earlier in my career, and I received it from um, a friend named Kieran Laws. I think she's become my friend now more through this. She is the wife of the late, great Maury Laws, who was a musical director for Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And she and I, along with you know, a thousand other women had been at a local women's fund luncheon. So supporting initiatives, kind of like SWIM, right? How to empower and engage. And the speaker on that day was all about balance. And she just was hammering it in about how you had to create balance in your life. And that point, I'd say, you know, my kids were also younger and just burnt parts of trying to figure that out with my career. And almost like that, I felt like I was apologizing for that. I want to be a woman with a career and try to figure out how to also be a good mom and all these other things. Also, a passion of mine is being very much involved in nonprofit and community initiatives and feeling overwhelmed and arguing with myself. So Kieran and I, I happened to go on a sales call to her later in that day that I was working with the company that she was with. And we were reflecting on the conversation and she kind of just put it pretty blank that she goes, Didi, it's crap. Don't listen to it. All you will do if you feel that you have to continue to strive for valence every day is beat yourself up and never feel good about yourself. She said her advice as she had children that were all past college and she had a very great career and engaged in arts initiatives in our community and whatnot. She said, Didi, don't strive for balance in each day. Think about how to give yourself more of that grace and just not neglect the same thing too many days in a row. So to her, that balance was more saying, listen, today I'm going to be rock star at focused in on my career. And I might not be the best wife or daughter or friend or what, you know, input whatever you need to at that point. She goes, just don't do that too many days in a row so that you feel that other void in your life. I've had to use that and I still use that because through right now, through COVID, I get that a lot of people have been awesome rock star parents that have turned into teachers. I haven't been one of those people because I've been at work every day and very, very long hours as, you know, Todd and I were really trying to juggle in a lot of different realms. So I was beating myself up thinking, gosh, I'm really not there for my kids and my kids need me. And what does that mean? Then I just had to raise my hand and ask for extra help or to admit to my kids who, you know, are now going to be 16, 13 and no, I was still pretty little at eight, but for my girls to just say, there's also ways I need to raise my expectations of them. I think, you know, be careful at how much you beat yourself up on and look at all of the different realms of what you're accomplishing and ask for the help, be willing to accept it, appreciate it. You know, that's the ways we learn. 
would be stuff early on. And I think in today, I'd also say one thing that I've heard a lot in the last two weeks from some other mentors and others that we're looking to help in some different business opportunities is they keep stating to me, one said, you know, hey, kiddo, stop letting perfection get in the way of progress. Because sometimes I just like to button it all up. And he's like, it's good to be authentic and be able to keep being nimble and modify as you go. So that's also right now that I've tried to sometimes maybe button things up a little bit too much. And I think right now we're just saying, let's go and test the waters and be very transparent on that we're working on things. Next up on our list, thank you, Dee Dee, for that fantastic bit of wisdom, um, is Laura Penrose, the owner of Nick Rail Music, and she runs it as well. So she's also a mom to four kids in addition to doing that um, and and bought the company when she had some small little ones running around. So uh, hearing her talk in this episode at large, I think there was another quote that I couldn't include because this one was, you know, I just, I don't know, I picked this one, but but it's 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 interesting how she has balanced um all of the facets of her life like the hugely demanding facets of her life and uh how her family has come together to create a life that works for all of them and a thriving little family unit um and i really one thing i want to point out i loved her point that self-care and like finding the balance between all these things not overworking any one thing isn't an option you you hear her say it she's you have to do it you have to do it and she she gets super adamant about it and i love it again that's another post it note thing like she's uh i don't know I, I just love how she speaks about all this stuff i feel like all these quotes are post it note quotes <laughs> they really are which is i guess why we picked them out right exactly <laughs> have i have, have we mentioned that you have to do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't think Laura made it clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I think her uh, her entire episode, but specifically this part, was for someone who for two people who are not moms. Again, mm-hmm. not moms. Um, <laughs> it's really important, I think, for us to have that perspective too, because we are also balancing our own lives and especially thinking about our own futures. It's helpful to hear the advice from someone who's currently going through it and learning what to do, what not to do. And yes, it's, we figure it out as we go, but advice is always welcome. Yeah. It's nice to like learn from someone who's done it. If we can make one less mistake ourselves, it's going to be tight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so without further ado again, let's do it. Listen to Laura go on and tell you her wisdom. So, so yeah, so I have four kids. I have a 12-year-old daughter, a 10-year-old... No, oh, she just turned 13. I have a 13-year-old daughter. Yeah, her birthday was last weekend, so I, I forgot. So she just turned 13. Uh, I have a 10-year-old son, a 6-year-old son, and then a daughter who just turned three. So there's a there's a 10-year span between them. It's great. Being a mom is super, super hard, but... I realized early on that I'm a much better mom when I work. Um, I tried being a stay-at-home mom for about a year when I had two kids, and I, it was so hard. Like, I don't want to say I hated it, but it was so hard. I was not happy. I was not a good mom. I was not a good wife. It, it wasn't working. And so my husband and I decided that I have got to go back to work. So that's when I went back to work for summer haze the second time. And since then I've worked full time. So with working full time up to this point, 
it's kind of just our natural family groove. Like the kids know, you know, dad and I go to work, we come home in the evenings, we do, you know, homework, dinner, bedtime. That's just our family routine. So buying a business and being a business owner was not that drastic of a change for my family. I was already working full time with my job with Maple Leaf. I was traveling. So I was gone overnight. We all kind of were used to this routine. Um, The biggest challenge right now with being a working mom is the stress level is so different. Like working for someone else. Yeah, I had goals I had to make. I was busy, but the stress was different. And so right now, um, my husband and I are working together. So he's actually my uh, COO and VP. So he's in charge of kind of the money and making sure things are running okay. And we've been doing that for about 10 months. And it's been great. Like my husband has been amazing. There's no way I could have been going through this without him. Just, you know, business support, emotional support, mental support, family support, um, that that's been really good. Um, honestly, the hardest part with all of this being a working mom and a business owner, mom, and having all these kids has been the distance learning where now we're homeschool teachers that there's no way I could have done it without my husband. He really has taken that role on and just is so organized with the kids is so on top of their homework. So I don't have to worry about it. And I can just focus on the business. Um, we're a little bit in the reverse traditional roles like that, but for us right now, it's it's working. It, it's got to work. It's the only thing that can kind of get us through this. Um, it's not ideal. Like ideal would be to send the kids to school and, you know, go back to our normal routine. But that, that's been hard. So I, I do think that leading up to this, we were already in a routine of me working. So that wasn't a big change or anything. But the stress level, that's been a little difficult to manage. Uh, so we've been really open with the kids about what's going on. Like, I'll come home from work and be like, you guys, I had a really stressful day. I'm really sorry if I'm short with you guys. It's not directed at you. Just, you know, I'm trying to be really patient and I'm, I just have a lot of stress on my mind right now. And they're really receptive and they'll be like, okay, mom, we understand, you know, we are, we're trying to do our homework. So, you know, we're ready for bedtime and this and this, and just having this open communication of what all of our expectations are for each other is actually really helpful. And I don't know if that's typical for other parents and their kids, but, but they do it to me too, where I'll come home and they'll be like, mom, I'm really stressed about school. I'm really stressed about this. And then I'm like, well, let's talk it through, you know, what can we do to help each other? And so that, that I think is kind of one of the ways that can make it work. Yeah. I mean, it really is setting expectations and boundaries on both sides of the table for, you know, me and my husband, me and my kids, my kids and us just, having this open communication about what we all need and what we want from each other is crucial. I get asked a lot about how, just how I juggle the time. Um, And really the only answer is you just have to make it work. Like there is no option. You have to make it work. And some days I'm a way better boss than I am a mom, or there's some days I'm a way better wife than I am a boss. Like you have to realize that that's the reality of the situation and not hold yourself to ridiculous, ridiculous standards. Like there are so many things that when I first became a mom, I was like, Oh, I'm never going to do that. Or oh, I'm always going to do this. And now I'm like, Psh, those are out the window. If we can just get to the end of the day and everyone is healthy, happy, and has finished their tasks, that is a total win. Like 
doesn't even matter. Um, but yeah, so just realizing what's important at the time and being super, super organized. Like I know self-care is a big thing and I will literally put it in my calendar that I am going to take 30 minutes to just read a book and it's in my calendar and it's just as important as all my other appointments. And it just kind of keeps me, me and keeps me refreshed for all the other things that I need to do. And with the mom stuff too, I mean, people set so many unrealistic expectations for what it is to be a mom. It's like, it's crazy. I, you know, when I, when I had two kids, I was really comparing myself to other moms and even my siblings. And cause my sisters are stay at home moms. So I was always like, Oh my gosh, they're such good moms and this and this, but everyone is their own thing. And I'm me and I don't need to worry about what other people are doing. And if my kids aren't, I, I don't know, it just, you need to just set up realistic expectations for yourself and lower your standards on things that don't matter. Like it does not matter to me if my kids' rooms are clean every single day. It doesn't matter. Like it's fine. They can clean it once a week and that's fine. And I go over to people's houses that are spotless and all their kids' rooms are immaculately decorated and everything. And it's amazing. And I'm like, good for them. That is a skill they have. I don't, but I have other skills. So that's fine. It doesn't matter. You know, it's like lower those expectations. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. Realistic expectations are so important. Like, yes, my kids need to be fed, clean, be in school, that, and like turn them into functioning, contributing adults. And that's it. Like everything else is just fluff. And if we get to it, that's great. If not, it's fine. It's totally fine. Well, thank you, Laura. It's time for another Laura. <laughs> this time we have laura davidson from sure and the entire episode we focused a lot on balancing work with your creative side especially during the pandemic since that has been um, a challenge for a lot of people but something that laura also spoke about was carving out time for herself her music while balancing that with spending time with her kids and just knowing what that balance looks like. And similar to Laura Penrose, they've figured it out. They, when, when Laura wants to record, she makes it known, she goes to her room and she works on her own music. And also her studio is her office and her studio. So she has built that separate space for herself. That's like her own little place for her. I love it. It's so, well, and I, again, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's that physical space and she has been uh, a remote worker for a while before COVID. So she can almost be a really good example for us as we're all trying to figure out this and any, any moms who are working or parents who are working that, um, haven't necessarily maybe done this yet how, how she has created a space for herself to work and be creative and, uh, you know, help, help her compartmentalize when she's being with her family and when she's doing uh, her own endeavors like this um, is really wise and really cool. So hopefully we can all take something from how Laura has built balance uh, in her in her life. So with that said, take it away, Laura. Oh, good Lord. Well, I don't have a system. Uh, honestly, it's just a lot of teamwork uh, amongst my family team members, you know, where 
like for example, my husband took our new dog for a long hike on Sunday yesterday <laughs> and uh my kids went to his mom's house my their grandmother's house and decorated the cutest valentine's cookies ever and i had like two or three hours to myself and that's when i've found that i just have to say mama needs some time to to make some noise you know and and everybody has to get out of the house like i can't create because my studio's in a bonus room above the garage which is just down the hall from the bedrooms it's not soundproof so I'll either carve out chunks in my day where I have like, you know, a break or everyone has to get out of the house <laughs> and then I'll create. But sometimes it doesn't work that way. Sometimes the muse just hits and I'm like, everybody leave me alone. I have to do this right now. Thank you, Laura, for that. I, oh, I love talking with Laura. She's so great. All right. So moving right along. Next up, we have Kim and Robin from San Diego Music Studio. And I really want to, this is such a great quote from, from both of them. They both speak in this, uh, but specifically what Robin is talking about really, really lit me up. And I want to talk a little bit more about this because it really kind of ties into a lot of books I've been reading lately too. So, and relates to, you know, even if you're not a mom, don't want to be a mom, if you're not a woman, any any of this, like it all, it relates to everybody in our society. So um, she talks a lot about, well, one, they talk about turning their work into a larger community, which is so beautiful and helped helped keep their, their studio, kept it thriving during the pandemic. But she touches on this fallacy that started around the 1980s, she kind of thinks, was that that women can have it all, can be business people and, and you know, type A moms and uh, all this, like that that can all coexist and she, and that that's just so impossible. And that leads to so much of the uh, huge expectations that are unreachable for everybody to spend 40 hours a week at your job, plus, plus the same amount of time caring for your family. And it leads to all the invisible work that we know that statistically women in relationships, um, in heteronormative relationships, I'm not actually positive about what the data is for in, in other couples, but specifically in heteronormative relationships, women roles tend to take on a lot more of the domestic labor. Um, yeah. and I want to read, so I, there's this book that I just found that I want to tell all of you about. It's called Burnout, uh, by Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski, her sister. Um, and I found it from the fantastic Brene Brown's podcast. But this is a really cool book about, about burnout and how to manage it specifically in, in women and in women's bodies. Um, and uh, one of the authors is a conductor. So it has a really cool tie into the music industry as well. So I think anyone listening will really identify with it. But the, so they have this, right? No, so they talk about the, what I love about it too, is they, they paint the picture of why we all feel this way, right? Like we, yes, there's, there's everybody's own lives and stuff, but we have all been products of the patriarchal society that we live in, right? So yep. part of it is that everything breaks down into what they describe as human giver syndrome is the word they call it. So just being able to put a name to this, 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 you know, phenomenon, I found so helpful. So I want to read you guys real quick, the little paragraph that they say. So human giver syndrome as defined by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. Uh, at the heart of human giver syndrome lies the deeply buried, unspoken assumption that women should give everything, every moment of their lives, every drop of energy to the care of others. Self-care is indeed selfish because it uses personal resources to promote a giver's well-being rather than someone else's. 
Human giver syndrome is the framework on which the second shift hangs, the shrinking but ongoing inequality in the time and effort spent on childcare and housekeeping between men and women. 40 hours per week for women versus an hour and a half for men globally. Even in the most balanced nations, which include the United States, the United Kingdom, and Canada, women will still spend 50% more time in this unpaid labor. For example, the difference was 26 hours per week for women versus 16 hours for men in the United Kingdom in 2016. And that that bleeds into everything. But she breaks it down between human givers and human beings, basically, and that that has broken down in traditionally uh, feminine and masculine gender norms as we have it. But so that just spoke to me totally in how Robin brings up that what what she remembers as the women can have it all fallacy, right? So she, in this quote, challenges us to to shed these roles that have been put on us because they're not, they're outdated and they don't serve us anymore. Right. Um, so listen for that as Robin talks, because one, one, buy the book and read it. It's, it's going to change your life. Um, and two, uh, just, yeah, keep an eye out because it's, it, what she talks about is very, very true. And especially like what Nat- Natalie sent me this new story uh, back in, from February about the pandemic and how that's affected all of that too. Yeah. It's so, uh, it's so fascinating. And I, I love that definition that you just read to all of us because I think it puts a lot of it into perspective. But I saw this news story on NBC, which we'll link the book and we'll link the story for you to read more, um, all about how the pandemic has affected working mothers. So I'll spit out some data, but according to the U.S. Department of Labor, more than 2 million women nationwide have dropped out of the workforce. Many have been unemployed for more than 26 weeks, threatening the gender gains made in the last decade. And a lot of those women are also turning down promotions because of the pressure of being at home and having to take on these roles that you're you're not separating work from home. You're also now a teacher. You're a nurse. You're a doctor. You are, women are now falling under all of these other responsibilities that they did have prior, but now because everyone's at home all the time and we can't really, we weren't really able to do much in the heart of the pandemic. It's caused a lot of stress and pressure um, onto these working mothers. So some more stats for you. Since February 2020, the economy has lost more than 9.8 million jobs and women account for 55% of those losses. And a quote from Emily Martin, who is the vice president for education and workplace justice at the National Women's Law Center, said the COVID-19 pandemic has hit women's jobs the hardest, especially those held by black women and Latinas and are blown up our caregiving infrastructure. It's just, it's so fascinating. And I know a lot of people are concerned with what the pandemic is going to do for women working and kind of now separating what that looks like since we've been in this quarantine pandemic life for a year now. So it's just really interesting to think about. Yeah, it it just exactly. It it completely it's fascinating and it 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 brings it all back to me still too. It's like it it's made it that there's no physical barrier to 
the effects of these gender roles being thrust on people that might have been able to to escape it by going to an office before. Like everything is very much, it's become purely ideological rather than physical for, for, for people that work in jobs where they do work remote. So speaking specifically of like the corporate women's world kind of thing, but um, yeah, it's just wild. Yeah. I've, I've even said to my, I, I've even said to my own mom, like, I don't know how you do just, I give her so much praise for being able to do what she does. And she has kids who are not in like school anymore. Like we're Mm -hmm. grown adults, but still the pressure of her, like she's still at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. she's still a mom. She's a teacher, but she still has to balance all of that. And it's just hats off to seriously hats off to everyone. Who's yeah. Again, two non-moms. A working mom in this Two non-moms age. bowing. Two non-moms. Yeah. And, but that's, it's cool that I think now that we're talking about this, it, it's a thread that I think you you have heard in these other uh, quotes that we've pulled as well too. Everybody that we talk to, I think has lived some way of dismantling this and it's such an important and powerful yes. thing that we can all be doing it every day to just keep keep like again read this freaking book it's so good but just to like just to keep you know smashing a little bit of that patriarchy every time in your life and and then just it, it creates a better world for everybody but um i i really really thought it was helpful to have that framework to think about it uh because it's it's everywhere and it's so pervasive. It's so hard to to name it if you don't have a name for it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Without further Absolutely. That's a very long-winded way of saying without further ado, here's Robin. But <laughs> I'm gonna expand on that. So um <laughs> I think a lot of times uh people in general, we kind of go with this idea that we should be a certain way. And I'm gonna I'm going to date myself a little bit, but, you know, back in the eighties, there was this thing called women can have it all. And, uh, so you're going to be a woman and you're going to have it all. You're going to wear that suit. You're going to break the glass ceiling and you're going to have the kids and you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And it, 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 after a while, I realized it wasn't have it all. It was do it all. Okay. It's a big difference. Um, I think, uh, people need to get comfortable with not being I think people need to be comfortable with being no longer comfortable with these roles that we've been given or think we've been given by society you should be this way you should behave this way you should say these things you should you should do this you should do that uh you know as as a wife, you should be this. As a mother, you should be that. And um, and I and I think especially for women, it's been difficult because you never feel like you're doing anything good enough. And that was something I got to help coach Kimberly through it because I had been through it before. And as a working mom, and this goes for for it doesn't matter if it's music industry or not. No matter what you're doing, you feel like you're bad at it. You're a bad mother because you're at work. You're bad at work because you're thinking of your kids. Um, and it's not have it all. It's you're trying to do it all. And I think we need to let some things go. Um, and I think uh, even just career-wise with people going into the industry, you, we don't have to think that, you know, a music store has to operate this way. 
or um, a piece has to be played or um, this is the way it's always been, so this is the way we're going to do it. And I think if anything, in the last year, we've learned that, boy, we need to maybe rethink how we do a lot of things. Um, that goes for just not only our roles, but, uh, but how we do business. And I think how we can approach that is just, you know, not just thinking outside of the box, but let's just like not have a box at all. Why do we need the box? Get rid of it. I always say it's okay to be good. You don't have to be great at everything. It's okay to be good. But I want to be great at everything. We want to. <laughs> Sometimes you <laughs> Not all the time. <laughs> yeah, and you know when it's okay, it's okay to be not that great of a mom sometimes. You know, I think sometimes kids uh, learn a lot from having lousy parents. You know, like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't do your laundry. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes I, I think we're, we're so intent on make, make sure the kids have this and they're not deprived of that and they're not deprived of this. And, and maybe what they need to be is deprived of a little something. So they got to work a little bit towards something. I do that with my children all the time. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> well, you were, Kimberly was just talking, we were just talking, was it today about Jack's in the bottle? Oh my gosh. We were talking about how, what a relief it was when they were able to hold their own bottle, right? But in order for them to hold their own bottle, you got to let go of the bottle and let them like, oh, oh somebody's not, uh, the, the, doesn't, <laughs> nobody's holding the bottle. I got to try and get the bottle myself. You know, it's just like when I left for law school. Yes. Right? Absolutely. You were manager, but she really didn't become a manager or grow into that managerial role until I was no longer there at all and that's when she really grew that was a great opportunity i know i know she nearly quit <laughs> no i didn't no, did no. remember no well thank you to all the women that we have clipped but just all the women that we've interviewed so far because you're all amazing and the advice that you have given everyone has been incredibly inspiring so um <laughs> <laughs> it's true it is it's true so like you said it's all post-it notes i've got like 10 it's fine i know i'm just gonna have like a log of post-it notes on my computer you're great so much wisdom going around all good stuff but we and i'm gonna speak for you stephanie because i'm sure you are agree in agreement on this but we want to thank all of the women and the moms for all that they do, especially now, because we know that this year has been incredibly tough and difficult and um, you are so appreciated um, and valued. So do not forget that. And we love you all. Yep. Thank you. And yeah. And remember, even if you're not a mom, if you don't want to be a mom, if you're like, eh, it's cold, but I don't want to do this. Totally cool. Just listen to this. There's so much wisdom for like, Mothers have been so awesome this year. <laughs> we can all we can all learn from that no matter our 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 life situation, right? So there's wisdom in it for everybody about balance, about about finding your role and and uh, challenging the norms of what you think your role should be, your identity should be, and that that's awesome. And I'm so honored that we get to learn from these I know. these people that have already you know, kind of blazed that trail for us. 
you know, one generation later, I already feel like I could not fully identify with that. I'm like, I'm, I partially, of course, but I didn't feel that I really truly fit human giver syndrome, um, archetype at all. And that's like partially. And, um, I think it's a whole nother episode and not even of this podcast, but you and I should talk about this, that (laughs) just unpacking what that's meant outside of that. But like, it's cool. I feel like that's progress, you know? It is. So in that vein, I guess, thank you to, you know, our parents for helping, helping that and, uh, pushing us in such a way that, you know, we weren't, we weren't fed too much the, <laughs> the, the norms, but it's, it's so exciting to, to, like we say, visibility always like being able to, to witness what people have done before is helpful. So yeah. Pushing us to be the person and people we want to be. Yeah. Just us. That's right. The, that's the ideal future, right? Everybody can just be what they want to be and thrive and live great lives and like love and exist and create and and work and lead and do all of this in a way that forms a whole person, whole healthy person. And I feel like there's a lot of wisdom in this episode that helps us do that. Yes. I couldn't agree more. So from all of us at SWIM, happy Mother's Day. Woohoo! And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Swim Masters. Don't forget to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn to stay up to date on all new things swim. We'd love it if you'd share and leave us a review. If you would like to learn more, please visit www.smartwomeninmusic.org. This episode was co-produced and edited by Stephanie Lamond and Natalie Morrison. See you next time.